All right, everybody, shalom, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show. We are live here from the good land, the land of Israel. The war continues here, and so this, therefore, this is another war update. So I want to first uh, send the blessings, send my blessings to the troops uh, of Israel who are fighting on the front lines. And I know that we're all praying for them, except for the haters, but that's okay, because that's who we're fighting. We are dealing with frontline uh, issues right now. Uh, continuing rocket barrages from time to time, continuing uh, to hunt down the terrorists. There are now reports that Israel has 50,000 videos from the uh, massacre of October the 7th with uh, face recognition technology. Uh, every one of them will be found. And so Israel's on a manhunt against terrorists. And more generally, we're in a fight against jihadism. I'm live here uh, in Judea. It's so good to have you with me. Let's see a few videos that I got this week that I wanted to show you guys, things that, that are moving uh, my heart uh, about uh, the fight and the war and the different people are fighting it, including in this case, Rabbi Danny Cohen. All right, I'm here with the one and only Rabbi Danny Cohen, famous Chabad of Hebron, uh, known throughout the uh, Chabad world. Uh, and anybody who loves Hebron knows the connection of Hebron to of Chabad to Hebron. And Rabbi Danny Cohen, you're you're in uniform. What's going on here? I know. It's I I didn't imagine that at the age of 51, I'm going to be uh, doing the same work as the soldiers that we've been uh, serving for the past 20 years. It's special, you know, the cliche protecting your home. It's actually that, and it's an honor. It's a privilege. That's that. You're you're really fulfilling the Rebbe's kind of discourse about Tzivas Hashem. You're, you're in the in the in the in the armies of God, right? Right. Right. Yes. So you're still doing Chabad work, helping people with tefillah and helping? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. thank God. Now in time of the war, we have boys going around and everything's going. But the staff, our four-man staff of Chabad Shluchim, we're all in uniform now. And we're all taking part of the war. <laughs> and you're literally doing guard duty here at Moti Shai, the very yeah, top of Hebron. And over there, let me just make sure people can see, that's the Tomb of the Patriarchs, the Matriarchs, the Mamas, the Papas, the Machpelah. Yeah, and it's very special. You know, I've been standing here and in other places around here and... You know, the past month going through the news and the videos and, and getting into, you know, devastation and the and the frustration and everything we've all been experiencing. Every time I stand here and just look at the Machpelah, kind of stabilizes the things for me. Like, you know, whatever's going on, this Marat Machpelah, Avram Avinu, 3,000, 4,000 years of history that we've seen it all. And still standing there, still proud, and Bezrat Hashem, we're going to continue drawing strength from this place. Amen. You're right. It's a, it's an island of stability in, in a sea of turmoil. Nothing yes. nothing can undo the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs of the forefathers that we all lean on. Rabbi Danny Cohen, Chabad Hebron, now soldier of Hebron yes. uh, as well, both in the, the IDF and the Tzivus Hashem at the same time. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Okay, so that was Rabbi Danny Cohen, and I filmed him today in Hebron. And so we have a, a rabbi soldier there. So there's a, there's a rabbi who is right now, because of the situation, a soldier in Israel. I mean, he was always a soldier because he's a rabbi in Hebron. Uh, and so that's a special kind of character. Here's another special kind of character. This is Israel's oldest soldier, Ezra Yachin, as filmed by my colleague and friend, Ezri Tubi. I started my... Fighting long ago, when I was 15, I joined Lehi, fighting for the freedom of Israel in 1944. Now I'm over 95 years old, and I've seen much in my in my lifetime. I've been wounded badly. I've been blinded in one eye from from Arab bombshells, but I'm alive to tell the story of our fight, the story of the creation of the Jewish state, and now I'm going to make the story of the liberation of this land from all our enemies. Our enemy, it's an enemy that doesn't have the right to live one day in our world. That's now should be the decision of our army of our commanders to hit our enemies. We are not in Europe of Hitler. We are in our own land. 
he who beats us have to pay a price. He and all his surrounding to pay a price that they will not be alive anymore. And that's now our army, I hope, is going to do to put an end to those Nazis of today, today's Nazis, those Arabs. They have no right to live in our land, in our holy land. And now, I hope, with the spirit of our army, we're going to put an end to those beasts, wild beasts, in, in, in human's face. They have human's face, but they have murderer's hands. They had the, the most cruel beasts in the world. Now I call my army, go ahead and burn every, every creature who wants to hurt us. The victory that will make us inherit this land that we commanded to inherit it by God, by our, by our scripts. And this is going to be now, now is the time. We're going to, to burn them and with the light of the fire we'll, we'll lick the way to our freedom, to our peace. Okay, so we just uh, spoke with two legends, right? We just heard from two legends. One is Rabbi Danny Cohen, Chabad Rabbi of Hebron in uniform right now. And that was Ezri Achin. Uh, the movie didn't say it, but he's 95 years old. He's Israel's oldest volunteer in the army, and he's actually serving in the IDF. And he's been serving the fighting of for Israel since 15. That's 80 years from before the Jewish state was actually uh, yet alive. It was pre-state, and he was already fighting the British and the Arabs in order to uh, defend the Jewish people in Israel. So those are two amazing heroes. Uh, from the Jewish side, we also have uh, uh, an amazing group of heroes from the non-Jewish side. That's right. There's a sensation here in Israel. Uh, it's the Cowboys. They've come from different states like Montana. Uh, they came through the Hayovel organization, and they are now just the big sensation. They've been on Fox now, and everybody's talking about them. Everybody wants to see them. Let's take a look. A, let's take a little look at what the Cowboys look Montana. like. Montana. I'm Ezekiel Strain, and I'm from Montana. Hey y'all, I'm Luke Hutchler and I'm from Huntsville, Arkansas. My name's Yosef, I'm from Montana, and I'm here to serve Israel. We're just here to serve Israel any way we can during the hard time here and the struggle against Hamas just out in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, just um, serving people whatever way we can help. Okay, since the Cowboys came to town, they've been featured. It got hot on Twitter, and it went just wild. And people are just so excited about these down-home folks uh, that have come to defend the land of Israel. My good friend Josh Waller is with me today. Josh, shalom, and welcome to the show. Hey, Yishai. Glad to be here. Josh, you're one of the directors of Hayovel, and that's an organization that brings uh, faith-based volunteering to Israel. Website is serveisrael.com. Did I get everything right there? That's right. Okay, what is the big deal? Some guys with hats? Okay, they're Gentiles. What's the big deal? Why is everybody flipping out? My gracious. We never would have expected it. And honestly, these are, these are actually old friends of mine. We, I grew up with these guys. Hmm. And uh, so obviously, these are the guys, the first ones you call when, uh, when things go bad. And their honest uh, response was, well, Israel's in trouble. We're coming right away. We're coming. We would have never dreamed that all of... Uh, the algorithm would have worked together to make these, honestly, I don't know if there's an Israeli that doesn't know about the Cowboys. Um, it's also hitting in America. I was just on Fox News with the Cowboys. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's hit. And honestly, they were coming here to help with Operation Etai. That's our, you know, Etai. What a great name for these. These are modern day Etais. These are guys that are ready to stand with, with King David Stand with the nation of Israel, just like they're, they're, uh, they're you know, Etai, a non-Jew, right? They came along to, to stand beside uh, King David. Uh, so Operation Etai was, uh, is the operation. And, and these guys never would have imagined to be on every, I mean, I'm talking about Israeli channels 
11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, and every, all the, all the news networks, I, I, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. But, but yeah, they're, they're you know, Josh, You know, Josh, some people, you know, I meet that want to poo-poo uh, the love of Israel from Bible lovers, from Christian folks, from, from, from down-home folks, from, um, you know, the, the good old America. Uh, people sometimes poo-poo it. Uh, and I've seen it with my own eyes how how plain true it is how how it's not dogmatic and it's not uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's not um, doctrinal it's not doctrinal it just comes from an inner place of people yeah. wanting to support and love Israel tell me a little bit about that is that like is that something like is that something worth making fun of is that something that's like I don't know childish or, or dumb or or you know where does it come from why, why would anybody poo poo such a thing. You know, Yisha, I learned from you that it comes from mamas reading uh, their 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 children the Bible. That's that's honestly, I, I'm I'm an example of that. My mama read me the Bible all the time, and what led from that was is a love of God and a love of His people. I see what's happening on the globe nothing more than the world fighting God. When you when you see a man kill a Jewish man in America and get away with it, that's a good that's that's a, that's a sign of the times we living in a time when uh, hatred of God is so immense and hatred of obviously anything that represents God. Jewish people represent God whether they, they want to uh, believe it or not. And it doesn't matter if they're in, in, uh, in, in L.A. Obviously, you know, these guys are, 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 are trying to stand with Israel. The, the you know, horrible story. Um, You're talking about I, protesters, the pro-Israel protesters. And there was one guy that was hit in the head with a thick yeah. of megaphone and he fell backwards. And he, well, a Jewish guy, died. He just died for, and in that rally, he died as we say, Al Kiddush Hashem. He died fighting, uh, fighting for Israel, although not on the IDF battlefront, but on a different battlefront. Right. Uh, and so again, back to the main point is, is that you know we have these guys. I was raised in a, a Christian family where we had an Israeli flag in our house. We had a menorah on our piano. I did not know one Jewish person. We didn't know Jewish people. I mean, we were in the backwoods of Tennessee. <laughs> There's not Jewish people there. And uh, I think, honestly, there's a lot more of those. Um, these cowboys are part of that. I know it because I know them since they were we were. Well, well, let, let me ask you this, then, Josh. Let me ask you this. There, there's uh, Josh Waller from Hyovel Organization. Josh, you know, there's there's um, an article that came out, a study about what's being seen on TikTok by young Americans, and it said that there's something like ten to one anti-Israel, pro-Jihad, pro-Hamas videos being seen by young people because the Chinese algorithm of TikTok uh, is preferring those things. And so and so that's what young people are, are consuming right now, media-wise. You know, in best-case scenario after that, you think to yourself, okay, like, there must be two sides to the story, right? That's the best-case scenario. Yeah. Uh, and, and how is it that – do you think there's any chance that young Americans may still uh, – end up being pro-Israel, pro-Bible, pro-God, uh, and anti-Jihad, anti-Hamas, after they are also victims of the narrative attack of TikTok and et cetera. The only hope I have, Yishai, on that is that um, myself uh, and everybody I know represents everything outside of the big city. Um, and everything mm -hmm. outside of the big city is pro-Israel uh, for the majority. I'll give it a majority. Um, the big city is where the poll is coming from. It's coming from that, that uh, which honestly, I mean, that's the majority of the people. We understand that. Uh, but as soon as you go outside of that big city and that cog that's been taken over by hostile entities, the college campus that's been taken over by literal I mean, Hamas supporters on these cosmic, like it's outrageous. And as soon as you get outside of that, there's immense support for Israel. Right. And I understand where America's in a real challenge right now. If 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 uh, the amount of anti-Israel things that are happening in America can continue the way it is, uh, the biggest thing I'm concerned about is God. God's not going to look very favorably on that. You can't just you can't you can't kill his people, and you can't you can't be the Biden administration and stop arms from going to Judea and Samaria and not be punished for that. That's punishable by God. Like I mean, I'm not God, but I'm going to say, you bless Israel, there's blessings. You curse, there's curse. And you cut the supply of means of protection. God's going to use other means. Don't worry. I mean, we know God's God. And he's going to be okay. We don't need Biden. But it's just another one of those 
uh, horrible situations that Americans well, fail uh, the Jewish people. We can never underestimate the enemy. Uh, yeah. One of Israel's mistakes, one of Israel's uh, actual fault lines is hubris and haughtiness. That's one of the biggest problems that Israel has sometimes. Um, and we can never underestimate the enemy if it's the jihad or, or the Bidens of this world. Uh, but we can never underestimate the love that there's out there as well. That's also a mistake. We underestimate the enemies. We underestimate the friends. And we don't understand how many people are out there loving Israel. So we showed the cowboys, and I want to get back to talking about that. But there's sure. a famous actor out there from one of these. I think he was on a vampire show. I don't know. But I've met him. His name is uh, Nathan uh, Buzolik. 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 I don't know. He's a great guy. Uh, and he's huge on, on Twitter. Excuse me, on Instagram. He's huge. Uh, and he's like a heartthrob type thing. But he's got a heart for Israel. Let's just hear him for a few seconds where he's coming from. I want to ask you a serious question. Yeah. You're not Jewish. Yes. You're not living in Israel. Yes. So you are doing all the wonderful things. I believe the Jewish people have a God-given right to not only be in this land, but when they're in this land, they bless the world. Here's the reality. If Hamas and the Palestinian people allowed Israel to be free and in peace, just imagine how much more you could have done for the world instead of fighting for your own existence. You can only be so much of a light because you're defending yourself all the time. But here's the truth. When Hashem comes, when Mashiach comes, this will all be over, and the people of Israel, the children of Israel, will be vindicated, they will be the blessed nation, and all nations will come to them, and they'll ask for forgiveness. That's what I believe. So, stay we strong. We love you! Remember who you are. Never be ashamed that you're Never Jewish. Never You're a small proud, nation, and you're the children of God. And I'm here with you no matter what, even to my last breath. Okay, so there you go. You got people out there. You saw that? He, I mean, does that sound familiar to you? Does that make sense what the guy was saying? Amazing. Amazing. And you know, you say I want to put but because it's a Christian guy as well. And, you know, the left I know him. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. But you see him, he's like so straightforward. He's understanding the situation. The, the redemption comes through Israel. The light to the world is Israel. It's you. It's your people. And he gets it. And I think that's the biggest thing because, you know, the big, the big thing that's happening right now, uh, you know, all the lefties, everybody's looking for a, to try to dampen the, the, the light of goodness that's coming from the cowboys, that's coming from Christians around the world that are actually seeing the real situation. And that is that the Jewish people are to be the light to the world. Nobody's taking that position. No Christian's trying to take that position. This, this, this guy, he, Nathaniel understands that. And these cowboys are the same heart. They understand what Israel is, the restoration of all things, the, the whole globe, bigger than Israel, right? The house of prayer for all nations. I mean, that's what, what the, the Rebbe's are telling us here all the time. You got to be a part of this. And I think there's something bigger. You know, when the news articles come out and they say something like, ah, it's just a, you know, just because they want Jesus to come, whatever. It hurts my heart when I, when I hear that, because that's, that's not Jewish. That's not Israel. It's not the people of Israel. We're not coming with our own agendas. We're coming to be a part of the Jewish thing. Mm, the redemption that comes through Israel. And I think it's such an important uh, point to make right now uh, because all the antis are saying, oh, it's, it's a skewed love. It's a this or it's that. Well, it's not. It's, a, it's an authentic love. You see it with the Cowboys. It's authentic. Yeah. It's, it's nothing but authentic. And uh, there's a lot of people, including this Nathaniel guy, who understand it. And I think uh, it's, it's time for the world to understand that there are authentic non-Jews in the world, Etai's, people that really do want to stand beside King David and do what King David says. King David, you tell me to go, I'll go. You know, that's the kind of guys we're looking for. And I think that's, uh, we, we, there, there are some of those. Uh, people can come and join uh, what you're doing through serveisrael.com. Uh, simple and awesome. Um, two more questions for you. One is that uh, the Cowboys, as you call them, and your organization is not only focused on helping Israel writ large, but even more specifically on Judea and Samaria. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> that's one of the, let's call it a sticking point. When the Cowboys go in the media and stuff like that, you know, they're like, okay, you know, he came to Israel. That's great. Yay. Stop Hamas. Good. But they're like, no, no, we came to help the heartland of the Holy Land, Judea yeah. and Samaria, which is also. Uh, something that there's uh, disagreement about, that there's conflict about, that there, that that not everybody's in agreement about. So why go out on a limb 
and talk specifically about Judea and Samaria, where you could go on a broad message and uh, not face the criticism. You know, Yisha, it's been the last uh, month of the challenge because obviously everybody understands the front, Gaza, the north, uh, Hezbollah on Syria and Lebanon. But no one, no one understands the fourth front, and that's Judea and Samaria. The fourth front is a radical front that's being missed on every level. And we, we will not uh, fail the fourth front. The fourth front is our front. We've been here for 20 years, and we're not leaving this front. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about the other fronts, and they're significant. We all know that, and they've got to fight them. Uh, but we've been here, and we're not leaving here. Uh, this front, honestly, you live on this front. We're 500,000 Jewish people surrounded by, what, two, three million. Two million. Let's stick with two. Two million, yeah. Stick with two. The numbers, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and there's enough. If we want to say there's a couple, couple good Arabs in that mix, yeah, but we want to say, let's not get lost in the numbers. There's enough hosti- hostility within that two million to cause major problems in Israel, and we need to respond. There's no fences between us and those the jihadis, whether they're Hamas or they're one of the other 22 terror organizations, and there needs to be a proper response to this, and nobody's talking about it, and we're, we're more than willing to talk about it, and hopefully we will gather a proportionate non-Jewish uh, response, even a Christian response to Jewish massacre uh, in, in support. You know, 1930s and 40s, it was a handful of non-Jews that stood up and said, hey, no, 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 come to my house. I'll hide you here. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, with social media, maybe this is one of the best things about it. We can educate people. People that are willing to understand can know today. And all those righteous among the nations, Lord willing, it's a lot more than what are represented at the Holocaust Memorial. Righteous among the nations will stand up and stand with Israel, and we won't see a massacre. Not another one. There's no, no more massacres. Let's not, not have it. So I think uh, it's a very important time right now. And we have, to, we have to protect the 200 communities of Judea and Samaria that are literally on the brink. We ha- there's got to be something done. We have to do something. And I think that's our, that's our call right now for the international world is to get these supplies. Literally, our first air, airlift landed yesterday. We got supplies coming. So there's supplies. There's also helping the farmers. Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, in, in regular times, you do a lot of uh, uh, farming work to help the, the wine growers, the grape growers, uh, and also planting trees. So there's a lot done. <clears throat> One of the reasons that I'm such a fan is because I love, I love, I love getting the hands dirty. I don't want to hear prayer and hallelujah and a lot of hand raising and amen. I want to see stuff being done on the ground. That's what makes me happy in life for myself. I know, I know that if I'm doing too much talking and not enough doing, I'm not doing it right in this world. I want to be doing more doing, and and the little bit of talking should be the tip of the iceberg. My good friend and co-producer here of the show, Moshe Herman says, as a Jew that was born in Montana. I love all of this and so, so much. Um, and uh, and uh, Moshe lives in Idaho, and he's a very strong a strong fighter for Israel. And he just showed me pictures uh, of an uh, Idahoan in the capital of uh, uh, Idaho. They did a big a rally for, um, for Israel. And wow. you know that you do not mess with those folks down there. No. You do not mess with them. All right, they're they're the, they're the strong kind. You do not mess with those guys. Right. I I wanted to add, so so I just wanted to finish off that last question, which is, you said we're not going to you know leave the Jews of Judea and Samaria because we don't want to see them uh, be uh, um, you know massacred again. But there's another reason. I, I just don't, don't think you touched on it, which is, this is the holy aspect of the Holy Land. This is where the Bible happened. Yeah. This is the more biblical part of the land of Israel. The whole land of Israel is biblical, but this mountain range. In the center is both the importance of the of the central mountain range in terms of security, but it's also so important in terms of holiness. Here you touch the Bible, where you guys are at close to Shechem and Shiloh and Beit El, and over here, Bethlehem, Hebron, Beersheba, Beersheba. These places, when you when you just when you see the signs on the road, you're like, I can't believe it. I'm touching the Bible, which is also an encouragement when you're fighting such a. You know, that's one thing I think. The, the Muslims, they're fighting a holy war. When I can't wait for the moment when I know you're fighting a holy war. The Jewish communities of Judea and Samaria, Samaria are fighting a holy war. They understand mm-hmm. it. It's biblical. It's like you're saying. But when all of Israel understands that this is a holy war, you'll, you'll wrap it. You'll, you got it. You won. You, got, you did it. 
And uh, I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping that the world understands. This is a holy war. It is the, the land of Israel. It's holy. Uh, you can't, you can't uh, separate uh, the holiness of this area. And this area, I believe, honestly, being here, like you said, when you see that sign that says Shiloh, Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, like there's strength in it. It's got backing. It's got Abraham and Isaac right. and Jacob and Joshua and all the fighters. They're here and there's strength to it. And I think when these guys, the world is trying to smear it. They're trying to say it's violence and it's settlers and it's la, la, la. No, they're trying to taint the beauty of this area. And there's so much strength here. And just wait till that strength, that powerful inner strength of this area is actually released. That this war is going to it's like that I keep thinking recently. I don't know. You know, we can't we can't uh, always tr trust in a miracle. But, you know, Elisha. You know, when we call him Elisha, right? Elisha. He had the story where he's like, God's like, and, and that was this area, right? That was uh, the, next to the Samaria area. Is hold on. God's for you here. And he pulls away and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a lot of fighters here that we're not aware of. God, God's on this team, right? When he blinds all the guys, you know, in this whole some crazy story. I, that gives me strength in this time. When I know that uh, there's a God that's watching that never slumbers and sleeps over Israel. Amen. And, uh, and we've, we've got to take courage. At the same time, though, God says to us, I don't Dude. slumber or sleep. You don't slumber or sleep. <laughs> a lot of times people say to me, people say to me, from your mouth to God's ears, I always go, how about from his mouth to our ears? How does that sound? From God's mouth to our ears. You know, let's just do what he says to do. He's doing his part, you know. All right, uh, last question for you, Josh Waller uh, from Ohiovel, found at uh, serveisrael.com. Uh, Josh, um, the Cowboys are in town. I showed a video of them. They've become viral. Uh, you're thinking, you were thinking of bringing them as, as volunteers to do farm work, which is what they do back home. Uh, but you're thinking something different now. Well, what is that and why is that? Well, they're going to keep volunteering, that's for sure. Um, we're going to keep serving the guys here. We're going to get the equipment out to the fields. But I have to add, now that they're viral, these cowboys have become one of the biggest uh, pro-Israel symbols in the world. They've become the biggest cheerleader for Zionism and the Jewish state. It's overnight. It's changed. So we, we've, we actually have to change our what they were going to do. And we're at, now we're formulating now how we'll do it. But we've got to encourage the state with these guys are going to they have to they have to now go meet with soldiers. They have to go encourage the troops. They've got to go to meet with the families of the hostages. They've got to go meet with the families that are pulled out of their homes from the south and from the north. I, I'm telling you, uh, the, the call is now much bigger. Right. And, uh, and give strength. It gives strength. It gives honestly, right, right now. Right. Pulling weeds is beautiful. But right yeah. now to walk into the house and to give these families strength is, is yeah. very moving. Uh, Josh Waller, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, before you go, I want to show you a fun video. Um, you know, I've been collecting all these videos. There's so much interesting stuff that's happening. So we showed uh, the first hero was Rabbi Danny Cohen in Hebron, Chabad Rabbi. The second he hero was Ezra Yachin. The third hero uh, was uh, the group of cowboys that have arrived. And you keep talking about Israel being a light unto the nations. We can't be a light unto the nations while being dirty. And when you're in the front lines, you could get dirty. So somehow you got to get clean. Here's here's another hero in the fight for Israel. Let's take a look. Guys, we are here next to the border. Laundry, washing machines, dryers. We're getting now. It's going to be ready. And we're going to iron for the soldiers. This is not a base. This is in the fields. And these soldiers are in front line to Gaza. A week and a half. He didn't do laundry, and we're doing laundry right now. <laughs> wow, what a smell. <laughs> Guys, we're booming Gaza right now. I'm trying to take my popsicle with our best soldiers here. <laughs> this is crazy this is not normal what's going on but guys we are gonna win we are together we're strong look at their smiles look at their smiles this guy didn't sleep how long you didn't do laundry um about two weeks three weeks yep two three weeks and we brought him the laundry here he's you're going to have a smell unbelievable all right so anyway the this awesome uh, rabbi dude 
bringing the laundry machines to the field. There's a lot of heroes out there. There's just a lot of heroes. Uh, Josh Waller, thank you so much for bringing the Cowboys to town. Thank you for all you do throughout the year. Everybody can check out serveisrael.com. And uh, I thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, in, in the good land, in the holy land, and, and in the third temple as well. God bless you, Josh. Amen. Thank you, Shaq, for all you're doing. Glad to all be right. here with you. All right, my brother. See you soon. Uh, and uh, that's where we're at in the land of Israel. It's like we're under attack on the one hand, but on the other hand, heroism is coming out. And we have so many losses. So many great people have fallen. Uh, and great people are coming out of the woodwork and being reborn because this is the internal nation. This is a nation that you can't stop uh, and you can't choke. Uh, you can hurt us and we cry and we bleed, but we see the, say the Psalms, we connect to God, connect to the eternal Torah, and we're back up. And that's something that, that you know, if I, had a t- if I could have a talk uh, with uh, Hassan Asrallah or the rest of those, uh, uh, those are the, Hezbollah people or the uh, Hamas people, I would just say to them, you're wasting your time. You're just, you're just, you're just spinning your wheels because at the end, it's not going to go anywhere. You'll just be another, you know, like one of those social studies history books where you're like, and then this tribe tried to get Israel and then they were foiled. That's exactly uh, where they're at. They're really just wasting their time. Let's take a little, uh, a little view of a place that I was at this week, just a little bit. And that is, where is it? Oh, yeah. What's the secret of the Jewish people? As I just said, the eternal Torah. I went to a store this week to check out the uh, housings for the Torah. You're going to see one of the most beautiful sites in the world, which is how the Torahs are housed and made. Okay, this is a surprise awesome thing for my day today. I am in Shoham Yudaika. And what Shoham Yudaika does is they make the houses for these Farty Safer Torahs. And I'm actually ordering one for Hebron. So I'm here today and I'm checking it out. Look at this beautiful things. Look at these themes. There's the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple. There is the Menorah Chanukiah. This is real silver coating. Okay, there's a lot of technology. Here's the Garden of Eden. Okay, here's, what is this? The Tomb of Rachel. Yes, it says Kevrachel right there. All right, so I'm in this beautiful, look, look at the store. Look how they're doing it. Look at the classiness of it. Oh, man. Look at this Beit HaMikdash, this holy temple, how beautiful it is. Wow. And now we're going to turn around and we're really enjoying the beauty of this place. There's Yair. Yair, say hi. hi. Do a great job. Thank you very much. And this is a Choham Yudaika here in uh, uh, Jerusalem in Kivat Shaul. Let's open the door and see where it really happens. Okay. Right now, the first thing I'm seeing is this dude. And he is, he's doing a great job. He's making sure that these are uh, well cut. But first, before that, it actually starts here in these machines. This is a 3D printer. Look, this is going to be a crown for the Sefer Torah. Amazing. Here's another one. This guy's almost done. He's been working for some tw- almost 24 hours. 24 hours it takes to make this half. And it splits open at uh, this Keter. Let's keep going. Let's see what's going on around here. What these guys are doing. Look at this guy's doing. He is making the houses for the Sefer Torah, the Sephardi house. You see that? That's going to be a Sefer Torah. So it's being made out of wood and it's awesomeness. And now let's go check out. That's right. Let's go upstairs and see where the gold happens. I'm going upstairs to see. And this is going to be so surprising for you because we have the ladies. They are doing the masterwork right there, putting the gold touches on the work. Excuse me. There you go. Look at this perfect work. Gold is being put on there. And look at this. This is where we're going with this. I'm Israel Chai. This is the strength of our peoplehood. Our Torah is beautified and highlighted for the world. God bless you guys. Stay tuned and shalom. Okay, so that was uh, 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 where they make the housings for the Sephardi Sefer Torahs. And we hope to bring one back soon for Hebron, the holy city. Speaking of Hebron, uh, Hebron is in this week's Torah portion. This is the Torah portion of Hebron. It's called Chaye Sarah, Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah. And then it talks about really the burial of Sarah through the purchase of the place that would become the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs, a field in Hebron and a cave uh, purchased by Abraham from the Hittites. This Shabbat is usually a giant Shabbat where 30,000 people converge on Hebron. Uh, this, this year, because of the war, the events have been canceled. You can't cancel the Shabbat, thank God, but you can't cancel the events. 
Uh, and so we're asking people around the world to celebrate with us Hebron in their hearts and in their synagogues around the world. One of the people who's been at the forefront of the story of Hebron uh, is uh, Hebron's uh, most famous researcher uh, and has a PhD specifically on the story of the Tomb of the Patriarchs, the Matriarchs, and was one of the few people alive today that have been there underneath the building and in the tomb complex itself is Dr. Noam Arnon. Dr. Noam Arnon, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Ishai Fleischer Show. Good evening, Ishai. Good evening, everybody, though. So, Noam, um, thank you for joining me. Uh, I have two questions for you today, really. First question is, tell me the story about Shabbat Chayi Sarah, the story of how this Sabbath became so big in the Jewish people that so many people celebrate around the world and come to Hebron. That's question number one. And question number two is going to be about the war that we're at. So uh, let's go Let's go with question number one. Tell me a little bit about uh, this Shabbat, why it's important, and how come it became so big? Um, we returned to Hebron in 1967. I remember as a child, well, I can remember the days the Jews could not be in Hebron, the same as the, in the Kotel. Before 1967, Jews were abandoned, Jews were forbidden to enter the holy sites in Yerushalayim, in Hebron, in Kever Rachel. I remember the day of the liberation of Hebron, Shichrur Hebron, in 1967. And then, when we were here, in the beginning, we felt something great is happening. We are there in the biblical scene itself. When it came to Shabbat Chayesara, you speak about Merat HaMachpelah, you read about Merat HaMachpelah, but you can be there in, in, the, in the scene itself. So more and more people began to understand we can have this great experience of living the Bible, living the Torah. Not only talking and learning the Torah, but being there in the place itself, it happens. And let I would say we can, you can see it happening in front of your own eyes. In the middle of the 60s, they began the terrible, horrible Oslo Accord began to take place. And more and more people understood that we must strengthen... You said 60s, maybe you meant 90s. Middle of the 90s, yes. Yes, okay. okay. And more and more people understood that they must strengthen Hebron in order to ensure its, its future, that it should not be given away to the enemies. So people came to the Shabbat Chayesara to, to express their identification, to express their feeling. And the people here were ready with open arms, open houses, to absorb everyone and say, well, welcome everybody that comes to spend the Shabbat with here. Now the houses began to be full with people who came to sleeping all over the floor. So we began to build tents around the houses. And more and more, in every year, this experience it became greater and greater and bigger and bigger. And thousands of tents every year fill all the streets and the gardens and the parks and the parking lots and everywhere. And hundreds of caravans come to spend the Shabbat here. And people open their houses, every house, every family absorbed 50, 60 people. And then the place was not enough. Then huge Tents were built to, to, to feed 5,000 people in, in one time. It became a marvelous experience. People who, who, who have it once uh, come again and again and again and bring their families and bring their, their friends. So, Noam, Noam, it started as a, Dr. Noam, it started as a, really, it's a Shabbat, it's a holy thing, it's a biblical thing, but there was also a protest aspect of it. I would say it's ex exp expressing your feelings to the most ancient uh, uh, site of Jewish history, of Jewish identity. You hug your fathers and mothers. 
At the same time, you, you hug your brothers and sisters. So it's this expression of connection. Now in Hebrew, Hebron, what does it mean? Hebron means connection. Lechaber is to connect. So it symbolizes the connection of everyone, of the Jewish people, to, its, to his own identity, to his own roots, to his own history. But there were some the, people at the time that were trying to push for that disconnect. And, and, and I'm right. saying that there was, there was an element of this Shabbat which was there to say no. Not just, yes, we love it, and yes, we're connecting with our forefathers and mothers, but no, don't take this land away from us. Don't do this evil thing. Is that right? Exactly right, because as I said, in the middle of the 90s, the Oslo process, the horrible Oslo process moved moved on and on. More and more terror, more and more tearing the land, more and more giving land to the enemy. And Every one of the Jewish people was afraid that Chas v'Shalom, God forbid, Hebron could could have been torn away. It's the same process, like Jericho, like Shechem, like um, Jenin, or whatever, like uh, other parts of Eretz Israel. So here in Hebron, the Jewish people said, "No more, no more. We are connected." Try to imagine when you have your phone with you that you see this sign, you are disconnected. You are disconnected. You get lost. That's right. So without connection, you get lost. Hebron is the connection Effect. to Jewish identity, to Jewish uh, heritage, to Jewish faith, to Jewish emuna, to the Jewish people. So Lou Weiss uh, is uh, one of the producers of the show and a good friend of mine. And he writes, Yishai, I realize that the major events are canceled this Shabbat in Hebron. Are some people still planning to attend? What do you say? Yes, they do. <laughs> well, we we published and, and noticed that this year the public event was uh, was canceled. Private families can have uh, private private guests, but the public event was was uh, canceled. The army, the police asked us not uh, not to have thousands of people this this year in Hebron. It might be quite uh, not easy for them to to protect it. So this is the situation this year, and uh, we'll, we wait for you, our dear guests, next year in Mirzashen. By the way, I just want to show you that Raul Karishahan. Writes, hello, Yishai, would stand with Israel, love and respect from Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. So our, our friends, the Azeris, who are Muslims, uh, are standing with us, and we have a great relationship and an important strategic relationship with Azerbaijan, uh, and we stand with them, and also their internal battles that they have, and they're fighting. And I'm uh, very impressed, and I'm looking forward to go to Azerbaijan and to Baku and to other places to, to see it for myself. Raul also says... Hamas must be destroyed. Very simple. Very simple. Uh, and thank you very much for standing Hamas with us. Is, Hamas is shameful for Islam as well. That's right. And he says, we must be united against our shared enemy, Iran. Of course, uh, people who don't know, Azerbaijan is also on the border of Iran, and uh, and they have tensions there. And we have uh, a lot of is- Israelis are there uh, in Azerbaijan uh, helping their defense and uh we have an excellent and important relationship, a strategic relationship uh, for the broader region, for the broader region. So thank you very much, Raul. Okay, speaking of our conflict, uh, look, uh, you were uh, a fighter, a, uh, um, a soldier in the 1973 Yom Kippur War. I've, uh, over the last few weeks, I've asked you a few times, how does this compare? How does this compare to Yom Kippur? Well, what does it feel like? Because Yom Kippur was also a sneak attack, a surprise attack. There too, Israel was short. On its on its uh, defensive abilities and did not perform properly in the first few days. There too uh, was was a lot of Jewish uh, people killed. Now it's not just an attack, but a lot of people were killed. Here, there's also the act of the um, the uh, inhumane mutilation, rape, and all the things that we've seen, and and, and child beheading, and all the things that we've seen. Uh, the 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 barbarous acts. 
but from a perspective of 50 years, comparing the Yom Kippur War and looking at the situation, give me a, give me a sense of comparison between these two moments. And, and maybe you can tell me how Israel feels right now. Try to share that with the folks. Well, as you said, uh, both events happened in a holiday, Yom Kippur and Simchat right. Torah. Mm-hmm. And it's not a mistake, it's not a coincidence. It, uh, they aim to destroy the nation of Israel in the holiday of Israel. In the Yom Kippur War, I was a soldier, so I can tell you what happened in the battlefield in Sinai and in Golan. And as you said, it's different because in the Yom Kippur War, it was a war between nations, between states, between armies. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see these barbarous acts that you, you that we have seen a month ago, which is something you cannot describe, you cannot believe, something that people cannot imagine that something like this can happen, but it did happen. So this is the difference. But it's very similar. The enemy wants to destroy Israel again and again, thousands of years. It's the same as the Egyptians, the same as the Persians, the Romans, the same as the, the, you know, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, uh, every one of them, to destroy the nation, the Jewishness from the world, the holiness from the world. It happens again and again and again. And it's tell, me how, not, tell me how Israel is feeling. No, I, I want to somehow share with people, you're like a... You're like a like a like a like a born and raised Israeli. Just how do you like like you've seen a lot of stuff. You've seen the 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 Oslo Wars, the two intifadas, and and the the eighty two war, and 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 the seventy three war. And you were even a young man in the sixty seven war. Like how do you read Israel today when you compare all these different times? I I must tell you that we are seeing. A miracle in our own eyes. We thought that the state of Israel, the Israeli society, is torn away. It's divided. It's what? Uh, okay. Divided. Mm-hmm. You could see the internal f- 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 a war between tribes and groups in the nation of Israel. Something you you, you could see you you could think you could think that that. The, the state of Israel has, has no future. But once the, the war began, you see a marvelous miracle of unification, of brotherhood, of helping each other, of, you know, in Hebrew you say, like the Haman, Haman of the Megillat Esther, his title was Tzorer HaYehudim. I would say so the destroyer of the Jews. But at the same time, Tzorera Yudim in Hebrew means to make the Tzoror Echad mm. one, to, 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 to connect them together. One chain. Yeah, that's right. This means also Tzorera Yudim. I never the heard that. Word, the same word has two different meanings. Tzorera. I mamish never heard that chidush. That's that's a great uh, that's a great innovation. I love same it. Torer, the same destroyer, the same enemy is mm. also the one that brings who it together. Them together, that's the same. So Very this good. is what happens right in our own eyes, right in front of our own, own eyes, helping each other, volunteering, everything to supply, to help to the to the, the soldiers, to help to other people, to help to the agriculture. Uh, um, uh, project in, in the South. Everything happens again and again. Marvelous, marvelous side that we are doing, that we are seeing right in our own eyes. And if you go back to Chaye Sarah, in Chaye Sarah, we remember our parents, Abraham and Sarah. You also remember Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah. So when we have common parents, we, we, we remember that we are brothers. The Jewish people remembers again that folks, we are really brothers, and you see it right here in the streets of, of Israel now. Okay, Noam, uh, let's wrap it up. I want to thank you so much, but just one last question: What is happening in Hebron? Chayesara, the big uh, event, is canceled. 
but tomorrow night there is a, a, a live event that's happening. Tell me a little bit about this event. Well, we try to share the experience of Hebron with the people all over the world. We are here, the team, I would say, the team of the, of the center, of the spiritual center of Hebron, but our mission is to spread out this experience and knowledge and holiness. So this is why we decided to organize a, a public prayer for, of course, uh, for the, the hijacks and for the soldiers and for the older people. The, 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 the abductees, the, abductees, the uh, people who were uh, kidnapped yeah. by the Hamas. Mm-hmm. That's right. Rabbis will come together from Hebron, from outside, from Tzfat. Rabbi Tzfat will come. We'll pray together. We'll say Tehillim together. We'll hug the families of uh, the, the two families of in Kirat Arba, Libman, and more, and, and pray for the sons to, to return home peacefully and, and the shalom, the uh, We'll hug the families of the soldiers who, who were killed, Mishpachat Shani and Mishpachat Duhan. And we'll hug all, all the nation of Israel. In the, in the name of Sarai Menu, we'll say to all our brothers, you are all the sons of Sarai Menu. And Sarai Menu sends to you her blessings and prayers and tears and hopings and emunah to all her sons and daughters all over the world. Thank you very much, Dr. Noam Arnon, for joining us from Hebron. And Bezrat Hashem, it will be a beautiful Shabbat Hebron. If not in Hebron, the whole world will connect with the story of Hebron and the tomb of the forefathers and mothers. Dr. Noam, thanks for all the great work that you've been doing to send, send Hebron to the world and bringing people to Hebron. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. All right, so we've heard from all kinds of heroes today uh, on the show. Uh, people are doing great work. And this special Shabbat, we ask you from Hebron to do us a little favor, and that is wherever you are, to pick up the a glass of wine, hopefully from Judea and Samaria, hopefully from Israel, hopefully from Judea and Samaria, even from Hebron, lift up that glass and say L'chaim to the Jews that are holding on uh, to the heartland of the Holy Land in Hebron. Uh, and uh, to the forefathers and mothers buried there, the founders of our peoplehood, of the biblical story, uh, and just say that l'chaim, and connect with that one second, just like Noam said, it comes from the word uh, connection. Uh, There's all kinds of folks that are out there connecting with Israel. Um, I saw a very powerful video. I don't know if we'll have time for all of it, but uh, American commentator Danny Deutsch, who I wasn't so familiar with, a video came out of him defending Israel I thought it was worth listening to, uh, instructive to listen to some of his points. Israel seems to be on trial, which I don't understand. That, that Israel, um, people are saying ceasefire. And of course, none of us want violence, but there was a ceasefire on October 6th. And since that time, we know what happened on October 7th, beheading, raping, every inhumane thing that you can do by a group whose only mission is not real estate and it's not protecting Palestinian people. They they put their own people in harm way. They use them as shields. Uh, they've stolen billions of dollars of aid from the humanitarian aid for them. Their only mission is to eliminate Israel, eliminate all Jews. That's it. That's their mission. And yet constantly Israel seems to be on the defensive. There is something that for some reason evil is not graded the same way when it's against Jews and it's against Israel. And I don't understand that. There's such an anti-Israeli bias because their domestic politics under Netanyahu. Netanyahu needs to go, by the way. Correct. And I I think U.S. foreign policy experts think that he he may not be there. He may not be. But there is this real um, bias against the plight of Israel, even in the wake of 1,400 primarily civilians being slaughtered over an eight and a half hour period, yeah. mutilated, slaughtered, yeah. raped in front of their children and, and husbands. And, yeah. and what has Israel since then been on the defensive, explaining every move they make? And obviously, I, like any human, we want to do everything we can to protect every life. Of course. But, but they're in a war. And innocent civilians are going to be hurt, just like innocent Germans were hurt. But you still have to take out the Nazis. You got to take out ISIS and Hamas has to be taken out and there's no other answer. You can't live next door to people whose entire mission is to annihilate you and destroy you. And people in this country are cheering and the media is just kind of tippy-toeing around it. The Jews are treated different than other groups, that there's a dislike 
that there is somehow that Jews being hurt or being slaughtered is different than other people being hurt, that somehow they have it coming to them. Yeah, I said it. That's what this is about. I don't know why the media just can't lay things out evenly. Nobody's asking you to side with either side. Just report fairly, report honestly, and report one group that is pure evil and the other group like us. They're not, they're very imperfect, just like we are, but they're a civilized, human value-driven democracy. Hamas is not fighting for peace. They're fighting for death. They don't want peace for their own people. This is just so black and white stuff. There's no gray areas here. And the media is like, I thought that was very powerful. I thought that he said it very powerfully uh, without equivocation and, and a lot of truth there. A lot of truth there about the latent bias of anti-Semitism. The hate of Jews, it's out there. And then when when it, when it some somebody acts on it, you just want to support that. And I want to tell you that today I got in a lot of trouble on the Internet because I said that I think that Israel uh, is in Gaza to stay uh, because I believe that it's our land historically, and it's we're the only ones that, that know how to uh, ex, uh, to exercise police power properly to keep that place safe. And I said that jihadis have no place in this land, uh, but pro-Israel Arabs that that want to uh, live in our land in peace uh, should be residents of our land. And I laid it out very clearly, and yet still people really flipped out on me uh, because we're afraid. There's a lot of people that are afraid, and then there's a lot of people who, who want Jews to be afraid. They don't want us to tell the truth. So I said the truth. I think the truth is important right now. I think this is also a battle of truth. I think Josh Waller said, you know, it's it's a battle of it's a it's a biblical battle. It's a it's a holy battle. It's a battle for God's name, uh, and it's also a battle for truth. I, I would call it the war of truth because it's either that that there's this war of lies. Israel's the aggressor. Israel's the foreigner. It's the occupier, or really Israel is the uh, ancestral owner of that land, and we're back to that good land. Uh, folks, uh, this part of the show is coming to an end. I want to thank you very much. I want to thank all the folks that that make this happen, uh, including Yochevet Seidman, Moshe Herman, Herman Tabitha, uh, Lou, and uh, Ben Bresky uh, for the longer podcast. So please join me at ishaifleischer.com or find the podcast at any one of the uh, podcast outlets that, that you use. Uh, that's the broader show. Thank you very much to the Jewish community of Hebron, and I want to wish everybody in Hebron on Mazal Tov uh, for Parashat Chayi Sarah. Uh, and uh, as we said before, you know, have a lechaim or go to hebronfund.org and be part of the fight. Uh, that's it. There's lots of uh, blessings that are happening in this land, uh, but there's still a lot of prayers. It's not an it's not an easy time to smile just yet because there's over 200 hostages, and that's a very painful thing that's happening. And our soldiers are on the front lines facing the jihad zombies coming out of terror tunnels, etc. So we still have a lot of prayer to do and a lot of fighting to do. The Amalekites uh, are out. They are out and they are fighting and we don't take them for granted. We respect our enemies. Uh, we respect them and we fight to destroy them so that they don't destroy us. Hashem, please help the Jewish people continue to be strong and help lovers of Israel be able to be loud and proud about their love of Israel. All right, folks, write me an email, yishai at yishaifleischer.com from the good land, the land of Israel. I'm signing off with kisses and blessings and wishing you only shalom and strength. All right, folks, those people listening to the podcast, we continue. And now we have a very interesting segment, which is our own intrepid Ben Bresky, here to discuss the story of the Israeli tank. You know, there's an Israeli phrase, which is the man in the tank will be victorious. And Ben Bresky is bringing us the story of those Israelis who came up with the idea, I'm very interested in the story, the historical aspect of it, designing and producing a tank in Israel. This is a moment in Jewish history. Israeli tanks are considered among the best in the world. When the War of Independence started in 1948, Israel had a small number of Sherman tanks from the United States and two British Cromwell tanks. The British trained and equipped the Jordanian Legion with tanks. British Lieutenant General John Glubb, whom the Jordanian soldiers called Glubb Pasha, led them into battle. Some of the fiercest fighting in 1948 was in Latrun. Today, the Yad HaShirion Armored Corps Memorial Site and Museum at Latrun features many of those tanks and other examples from Israel and around the world. 
One of the earliest Israeli tank commanders was Jackie Evan. He went to France to learn about the AMX-13 tank, which was then used by the Israeli army. In 1948, the Gaza Strip had become part of Egypt, and since then the Gaza area had become home for armed militants. They committed such atrocities as the Ma'ale Akrabim massacre in 1954 and the shooting attack on a synagogue in 1956. In the Sinai War of 1956, in order to stop the infiltrations and killings, the IDF armored division led by Jackie Evan took control of all of Gaza from north to south, destroying along the way eight fortified Egyptian outposts. Evan was wounded twice in the war. In 1965, he led a delegation to Germany to obtain tanks. This resulted in the Israeli Magach tanks, which were used throughout the 1960s and successfully in the Six-Day War of 1967. The Magach served the IDF all the way until 2006. In 2015, it was revealed that the Magach tanks had a secret called the Perak Missile Carrier. This was a guided missile carrier disguised as a tank that could destroy targets up to 25 kilometers. In the 1960s, Israel cooperated with the United Kingdom to further develop the Centurion tank. In return, the British were supposed to allow the sale of the tank to Israel, but later canceled the deal as a result of heavy pressure from Arab nations. After the canceled British tank deal, Israel began planning its own homemade tank, called the Merkava. Its name comes from the Bible, meaning chariot. The main person who developed the tank was Israel Tal. He grew up in Sfat and was a survivor of the 1929 massacre, which took place there and in other cities. He joined the Haganah and later the British army before Israel's independence. Israel Tal was a veteran of the Six-Day War, and his armored division broke through the northern Sinai to decimate Egypt's tanks from more than a kilometer away. Aided by air cover, Tal's division destroyed almost 800 tanks and armored vehicles and captured 100 abandoned tanks. In the 1970s, Tal began to develop the Merkava. According to one book, a German engineer initially helped Israel with the Merkava. His name was Johannes Gassen, and the development of the tank was delayed after he was murdered in a terrorist attack in 1975. The Savoy Hotel in Tel Aviv was taken over by terrorists who took hostages and later detonated explosives. Eleven people were killed, including seven foreign citizens staying at the hotel, Gassen being one of them. The first Merkava tank was introduced in 1979 and deployed into action in 1982 during the First Lebanon War. It successfully defended the northern border and has been a part of the Israeli army ever since. The Merkava held the record of not being affected by a hit for more than two decades. It has gone through many changes and improvements since then. In 2018, the Merkava was named one of the five deadliest tanks in the world by National Interest magazine, alongside the Russian T-40 and the American M1 Abrams. In 2023, the latest version of the Merkava was introduced called the Barak, meaning lightning in Hebrew. This version has an upgraded Trophy Military Armored Vehicle Active Protection System designed in Israel. Artificial intelligence, helmet-mounted augmented reality systems, and high-resolution cameras. Tanks continue to defend Israel and protect the Jewish state. This has been a moment in Jewish history. Thank you to Yishai Fleischer. Thank you to all the listeners, and Shalom. All right, Ben Bresky, thank you very much for telling us the story of Israeli tanks. That is not a small thing. Uh, We're going to wrap it up now and thank Hashem for the opportunity to broadcast from Israel, even in this hard time, this time of war, where Israel's really, um, there's a lot of struggles and there's a lot of pains, and it's very real. It's very real stuff, but there's a lot of people who are giving us koach, and that's what we need right now. We need not just to uh, deal with the pain, but also to, to move forward. Uh, to liberate the land, to push back on jihadism, uh, to, of course, rescue our hostages, take over Gaza, and eventually uh, govern it, which is which is the right thing. Is- Israel should govern its ancestral land. That's what we're up to. I want to thank all of our sponsors. I haven't had as much time to discuss it recently, just because of the war efforts, but, you know, we have our good friends at 
jewishpress.com, jns.org, our good friends at highonthehar.com, uh, and our good friends, of course, at hebronfund.org. Uh, and if you want to be part of it, uh, you could be part of it also uh, through my efforts at fightforisrael.org. Uh, and we are using all of these platforms just to push forward uh, the story and the narrative of Israel and to build it and keep it strong. Uh, so thank you very much for being there. And there's another, uh, there's the folks that give through uh, uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. I haven't had as much time to discuss all the different names, but I really want to thank so much the folks who support the show uh, every month uh, and other ways that uh, that people, you know, are, are part of the fight. But I really do appreciate it. So that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. It helps a lot. It helps the show go on and also helps uh, our team which includes Yochevet Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lewin were live to continue broadcasting. The fight is on. Tonight I'm going to Hebron in order to be part of a uh, prayer, vigil prayer rally. Um, and so that prayer rally will be live on Arut Sheva and all of the Hebron websites, associated websites and YouTube pages. And that's it, uh, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much. And I give you strength wherever you are. Let's give each other strength. Let's take a second and pray for all the people out there uh, who are part of that fight and and know uh, that darkness uh, wants to cover up the light, uh, but we won't let it. Hashem won't let it. Amalek will not win the story. He's never won the story. Okay, he's had some good good goals, but the game is ours. Why? Because Hashem's light wants to spread into this world. And that's why Amalek is freaking out because he knows and that we're getting closer and closer to that light. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected, and stay in touch. Lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings, and shalom.